Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're delighted that you've joined us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your hearts and minds as we enter God's Word. They told me I had closing remarks this morning, so that's what you're going to get. Yeah, woo, yeah, that's right, that's right. Real brief catch up to where we started last week with our sermon series. In Isaiah 9, Isaiah is talking to a people that have been under a lot of pressure. They've been invaded over and over again. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of gloom, a lot of darkness. Things don't seem to be going very well. When Isaiah gives this prophecy of the future... And he says, in midst of the gloom, in midst of the darkness, God is going to give birth to a son. And this son is going to make all the difference in the world. Now, what we're going to be talking about the next few weeks is how does this son, how does this child that's going to be born do that? And he's given four titles that we're going to look at. And the first that we're going to look at this morning is Wonderful Counselor. That this child that's going to come is be a wonderful counselor for us. Now, wouldn't it be good if in your life you had somebody that you could always go to, always be dependable, always good with counsel and advice? Well, I found some old ads, and these are true, some old ads from the past, and here's some of the advice uh, that they gave, and I wanted to see, uh, I don't think this is the best advice on some of these ads. DDT is good for me. Now, I thought this was funny until I talked to my my uh, uh, daughter last night, who's in her early 20s, and she had no idea what DDT was. So, you know, uh, DDT was, oh, let me talk to the college. It's a pesticide that used to kill bugs that they found out was killing people. Okay. All right. So when you have to explain it, you've lost it. DDT is good for me. Here's another ad that I found right there. And that's, yeah, if you want that fresh smoker's throat, that clear throat, smoke cigarettes, you know. So, uh, you know, that smoker's throat, we all know that's good for you. Uh, here's one that I like as well. Yeah, uh, you know, if, if you want her to follow you, just blow in her face. Uh, and the truth is, she probably will follow you, but it'll be to slap you upside your silly head. It'll be the reason that she's going to be following you. And then my favorite, if you want to give your baby a treat, just put a little Mountain Dew in their bottle. That's all you've got to do. You know, get that baby all hyped up on Mountain Dew. That's the best thing that you could ever do. So that seemed like good advice uh, when you saw that on there. So those are some things that probably are not the best advice in the world to follow. So in a world of bad advice, where do we go for some badly needed good advice? And that's what we're going to be looking at in our scripture passage. Over in Isaiah 9, 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. So God gives us a counselor to help us when we need him the most. Now, what we have here are four titles given for this child that's going to be born. And each title contains uh, an adjective and, the, and then the title itself. So you have Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So Wonderful Counselor. Now, in Hebrew, that word that is used for wonderful means miraculous, wondrous, uh, incomprehensible. It's a word that when you read it, it says that this is a counselor that goes beyond anything that you may ever know. So he is, he is wonderful in what he does. The word counselor is the word counselor. So, you know, uh, not a lot of that. Think of a grand vizier or something like that. Somebody that's, that's giving great advice to the king. So you have someone who gives the perfect advice. 
And we live in a world that if there's ever a time that we need people to give us good advice, it's today. Because there's a crazy world out there. There's things going on all around us. Things changing. Things that we used to think were always going to be the same that seem to be nothing uh, like it used to be. And so we say, how do you respond to this? How do you do certain things? First of all, how do you make some tough decisions? I've got some decisions to make. Sometimes it's decisions on what's right or wrong or good or bad. And so I need a counselor to have someone to help me to make decisions on right, wrong, good and bad. But sometimes I just make decisions on things going on in my life. What's the best thing for me to do here? Uh, where should I go to school? Uh, uh, what courses should I be taking? We need a counselor to help us through those kind of things. Sometimes we need a counselor because there's a lot of potholes in life. And how do you avoid those? How do you make the right decisions and, and not get into trouble or do things that are stupid? And so you need a counselor to help you in all of those times. And we're told this child that's going to be born will be our wonderful counselor. And we all need that in life. Probably a lot of you have heard the name Jahil Okafor. Uh, He plays for the Philadelphia 76ers, played for Duke. Uh, He's only uh, 19 years old, uh, his first year in the NBA, and he's gotten in problem after problem after problem since he's been in the NBA. He's been in two fights. Uh, He's been arrested for drunk driving. He's been arrested for speeding, going 108 miles per hour uh, as well. And got a picture here uh, of him getting in a fight outside of a nightclub at 3 o'clock in the morning in Boston after a road game. Probably not good to be in Boston at three in the morning on a road game. You're probably going to get in a fight if you play for the other team. He was suspended this week and the general manager of the Sixers said this, when you're 19 years old and you're a multimillionaire and everybody tells you you're the greatest thing in the world and you're away from all your family and friends, you do stupid things and you need somebody to help you out. So what's he saying? He needs an advisor. He needs a counselor. He needs somebody to tell him these aren't good decisions. You're doing stupid things. Uh, And right now he's not playing at all because the Sixers have suspended him. But in all of our life, we can do just exactly what he did. Make bad decisions, do stupid things. We need a wonderful counselor. So how does that make a difference? How does, is this son that's going to be born, that's going to be a counselor, what difference does that make in our life? And that's what I want to talk about for a second. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. We're going to look at Hebrews chapter 4, verses 4, 14 through 16. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. So if Jesus is our wonderful counselor, how does that matter in our life? Look down to verse 14. Verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we possess. Uh, If you back up to verse 13, he says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give accord. So he starts out in verse 413. And what he says is nothing's hidden from God. God understands everything. God sees everything. God has perfect knowledge. But then he says, Jesus is going to come and Jesus is God. He is God on earth. He's the son of God. And so when you look to Jesus, he has gone through the heavens. He has the wisdom of God. So one way that Jesus becomes our wonderful counselor is that Jesus is giving us the wisdom of God uh, when we are going to him. And so nothing could be better than that to know that you have a counselor that has ultimate perfect wisdom 
Jesus, the Son of God. Now, there's a big movie coming out here in December, Star Wars. Anybody heard of that? Yeah, uh, my, my uh, daughter's fiance got her to watch the first couple of Star Wars, and she slept through them and said, yeah, you can go see it first. You know, I don't really, really care. But who was the wise guy in, in uh, Star Wars? Yeah, oh, yeah, Yoda. Yeah, if I ask you what's the first book of the Bible, nobody would know. But, but, but Yoda's the wisest guy. You know, he was the great Jedi. And, and here he is, look at that, giving Luke wisdom. And when I looked at this picture, what I thought was, yeah, Luke had some pretty good guns on him. I didn't know that. I noticed that in there. But, uh, uh, you know, this great wisdom that's coming from Yoda. And wouldn't it be nice to have a Yoda in our life? But what we're told in Hebrews 14 is that Jesus has the knowledge and wisdom and power of God when we look to him. The next thing we're told is that not only does Jesus have the wisdom and power of God, but he loves us, cares about us and our problems. Look at verse 14 and 15. Therefore, we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we possess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. So here we have in Jesus one that sympathizes with our weaknesses. He's been where we've been. He's gone through what we've gone through. And so we know that we can look to him as one that not only has been there, done that, but cares about us deeply. It's one thing to think, hey, this guy's a really wise counselor. It's another thing to think that wise counselor has been where I've been. But even more than that, that wise counselor cares for me and loves me. When you know somebody loves you, when you know somebody cares for you, you're going to listen to them more easily because you know they've got your best interest in heart. And it's just like a, a couple of Wednesday nights ago, we were sitting out on the rotunda talking uh, after services and several of the kids were running around and, and uh, invariably one would fall down and get hurt. And every time they would, uh, every time they'd fall down and get hurt, guess who the kid ran to? Their mom. They would immediately get up and run back to mom. So no matter what was going on, who they were playing with, who was around when the kid got hurt, they ran to mom. Why? Because they know mom loves me. Mom cares for me. Mom's going to baby me now that I've been hurt. And so they run over to mom. And what we're told here is that Jesus just isn't a wise counselor. He cares for us. He sympathizes with what we're going through. And that should make all the difference in the world when we come to him. He's not only wise, he cares about us. The third thing uh, that we're told about Jesus and why we should go to him is that he has overcome uh, everything that we are going through and can show us the right way to go and how to make mistakes. Look down to verse 15 again. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. And so you have a high priest who has gone through everything that you've gone through. There is no temptation that you're going to face. There's no problem in life. There's nothing that you're going to hit that Jesus hasn't gone through something greater than what you're going through. So he's there to not just sympathize. He can show you the way to overcome. Uh, if you've ever heard about AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, one of the great things about Alcoholic Anonymous is that they hook you up with another person who's been through what you've been through, uh, the problems of alcoholism, and they can show you how did I overcome this? How did I get through this? Uh, how did I, I, I break this habit? And, and so you literally hooked up with somebody as your encourager that helps you get through. They've been there. They've done that. They're in the process of overcoming that. 
And we're told that's exactly what we find with Jesus. He's a wise counselor. He cares about us, but he's also been there and overcome and can show us the right way to go. And then the last thing that we see is that he's also dependable. He's also dependable. We can have confidence that in time of need that he's going to be there. Look at verse 16. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we can receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. So he said, approach Jesus with confidence. When you've got problems, troubles, things going on in your life, you're overwhelmed, you've got big decisions to make, take them to him. He's wise. He loves and cares for you. He's been in the same situation that you have. He's overcome that situation and he's dependable. It's one thing to be good at a lot of stuff, but if you're not dependable, it doesn't matter. Uh, I remember when we lived in Virginia, I played on, on a, an industrial league basketball team there. And, and we had a kid that played on the team that was really good. But we never knew whether or not he was going to show up at the games. And so we were playing a, a, a really big game against Modine Manufacturing. I mean, they were good. You know, uh, these manufacturing guys, they could play basketball, you know. And, and so uh, we told him, we said, look, you need to be on time. And he said, I'll be there. I'll be there. And so the game starts, he's not there. First quarter, he's not there. We finally give up on him. We're doing the best we can. You know, they're manufacturing us around everywhere, you know, and all this kind of stuff. At halftime, he shows up. And he goes, oh, yeah, I kind of forgot about the game. You know, it's one thing to be good. If you're not dependable, then it doesn't help. But we're told that we can go to Jesus with confidence because he's not only wise and cares for us, but that he is dependable. He will always be there so we can go to him with confidence. And then we're told he's going to give us two things when, he, when we go to him. He's going to give us mercy and grace. Mercy and grace. Now, they are not the same thing. Uh, mercy is being forgiven. Okay, that, that's what mercy is. So, so I've done something wrong and you forgive me when I don't deserve it. That's mercy. So we told if when you mess up, you go to Jesus and he will give you mercy. He'll give you forgiveness even when you don't deserve it. He also gives you grace. Now, we often confuse grace with forgiveness. They're not the same thing. Grace is being given something you don't deserve. It's being given a blessing that you don't deserve. For the one, you're not getting the punishment you deserve. With the other, you're getting a blessing you don't deserve. So grace is getting a blessing from God, even though you don't deserve it. And see, so we're told whenever you've got problems, troubles, insights that you need, go to him. He's going to forgive you and he's going to give you blessings you don't deserve. So what an encouragement to go to Jesus when we need him the most. And that brings us to the last thing that we see. At Christmas, we need to celebrate this wonderful counselor that God has given unto us. So we're to take our problems our big decisions, our failures, all of the things that go on in our life, we're to take all of them to him because he cares about us and we know that he's going to be there. And that's one of the reasons we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Christmas because when Jesus was born, God gave us a wonderful counselor that was going to be with us every single step of the way in all of life. And when we see Jesus and his example, when we see his encouragement and where he's leading us, it helps us to live life at a higher, better level because he is our wonderful counselor. I want to show you a picture here of a man by the name of Master Sergeant Robbie Edmonds. Uh, and just keep that picture up while I'm telling this story. Master Sergeant Robbie Edmonds. 
Uh, Robbie Edmonds uh, was in World War II. He died in 1985. Uh, for 100 days, he was a prisoner of war at the very end of the war. Uh, after the, in the Battle of the Bulge, him and about 3,000 uh, soldiers were taken captive. He was a non-commissioned officer, but he was the highest ranking person of the 3,000 they had captured. And so he was technically in charge. He passed away in 1985. His son, Chris, who, by the way, is a Baptist preacher in Tennessee, uh, was reading a book about Richard Nixon and the fall of Richard Nixon. And in the book, it stated something he couldn't believe. When Nixon left office, he bought a very expensive condominium in New York City from a prominent New York lawyer by the name of Lester Tanner. And in the book, Tanner is talking to Nixon, and he said, I would have never have gone on with my legal career if it wasn't for a sergeant by the name of Robbie Edmonds who saved me and every Jewish prisoner that day, and that's the only reason I'm here. And so Edmund's son said, I've never even heard that story. And so he goes to New York. He looks up Lester Tanner and he says, what were you talking about? Is this my dad? And he said, absolutely, that was your dad. And then Tanner told him this story. He said, when we were captured, the Gestapo came in, not not the soldiers, the Gestapo. And they said, we need every Jewish prisoner of war to step forward. And then they started forming a firing squad. And everybody was looking around, trying to decide what to do. And Edmund stood up and walked out and said, we are all Jews here. And the guy said, no, I just want the Jewish soldiers. And Edmund turned around and looked at his his men and said, we are all Jews today. And the Gestapo officer said, I will execute you first if the Jewish soldiers don't step forward. And Edmund said, there is no one here but Jews And if you execute all of us, they'll hang all of you for war crimes. And then he stepped forward and he said, if there's any other Jews but me, step forward. And 3,000 men stepped forward that day. Lester Tanner said not only did he save his life, he saved about 100 lives that day because the Gasapo just disappeared and left and they were taken to a POW camp. Because of that, Lester Tanner began to try to find other people who were saved that day. And he found about a hundred people that were saved by Robbie Edmonds that day. And as the story came out, it got, of course, all the way to Israel. And this past week, Israel gave uh, Robbie Edmonds, uh, after his death, the Israeli Righteous Among the Nations Award, the first American to ever receive that award. And what you have was someone who, through example and encouragement, led others to make a difference. And that's what Jesus does in our life. He's the wonderful counselor who has been there. He is our example. And he encourages us to live the way that we should so that we can make a difference in the world. And that's one of the reasons we celebrate Christmas. Because Jesus is our wonderful counselor. Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you that in our problems, in our decisions, in all of life, that we know that we can come to you, that you love us, that you care for us, that you've given us that wonderful counselor. Lord, help us to seek him in all of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. There's got to be more than going back and forth, doing right, doing wrong. We were taught that's who we are. Get in line right behind me You along with everybody 
hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Keyword, MyWRBC. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening and join us next week for another message from God's Word.